So, I've been watching, because it came back recently, the Warrior Show on HBO Max, or as they call it now, Max. Um, I've been watching that, so. I always got confused, is it Kung Fu or Kung Fu? And I just realized it just, if you're saying it in Mandarin, it could be Kung Fu. If it's Cantonese, it's Kung Fu. I guess, you know, how Costa Ricans have their own way of saying things, and Mexicans have, I guess it's that. Weird, can we all just figure out how to say one thing without having our own slang, I guess? But that's what that is. Anyway, follow me, Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore PITM on X. I'm going to call it X from now on because I don't think it's called Twitter anymore. I have to go change my lower third. Fucking Elon Musk. Oh, well, see you guys later. Peace. Because I had to take off an effect because I finally realized what was going on with the audio. It was the program I had running on it. Unfortunately, I guess they didn't mix very well. So that stuff happened, but we'll, 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 we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But let's not waste too much time this weekend. UFC 292. We have to get through the UFC fights that happened last weekend and again Aljo's already making comments that this could be his last fight at, at Bantamweight so we shall wait and see what happens uh update on the YouTube video it's almost done um I'm starting to realize that I'm probably just gonna have like it's gonna be something similar to the podcast just a little bit shorter and then I'll have other heavily edited videos you guys are going to see a lot of jump cuts because I just cut out a bunch of stuff where I didn't say anything. So keep that in mind. We'll do a um a preview for O'Malley versus Sterling and Wei Li versus Lemus. Because honestly, with Amanda Lemus and Wei Li, like for me, it's going to be Wei Li's wrestling versus Amanda's power. Like for me, Amanda has to land early or she has to grab her because she has a really nice squeeze. But... For me, Amanda's going to have to knock her out. Or am I getting Amanda confused with Jessica Andrade when Jessica Andrade choked her out? I think I am. So yeah, I take what I said back earlier. Amanda has to knock her out, okay? She has to knock her out. So we'll see what happens. It should be a good fight. It should be a good card. We'll go into the card a little more in detail on the next one, which should be released on Thursday. Today's Tuesday. Um, I got sidetracked with editing the video, so I'm gonna try to keep that schedule. Giving you guys the podcasts on. I know I said Tuesdays and Thursdays, but I think I'm gonna try to keep it to Wednesdays and Thursdays. That way, Monday I could use to edit videos. Cause recording them isn't hard. It's just sitting there and editing them. But let's get into it, man. Speaking too much of myself. We're already almost three minutes into this thing. I apologize, guys. Let's get into. Vicente Luque defeated Rafael Dos Anjos. Cub Swanson defeats Hakim Dawudu. Khalil Roundtree defeats Chris Dawkins. Um, first of all, Khalil Roundtree is probably the scariest man alive. Okay, that dude hits so hard. That dude, it's probably Francis, Derek, and then maybe Khalil. That's how scary that guy is. 
okay in punching power and i like this call out he's like you know i don't have a name in mind but i would like to get that main event spot maybe on a fight night to you know get that five round experience and i'm like well i can't hate the guy because i've never seen anybody call somebody out like that so you know that's pretty cool so we'll see what they do for him We'll check out his ranking right now. For Cub Swanson, Hakeem Daudu, I'm going to be honest. I thought Hakeem won the fight, but for whatever reason, they gave it to Cub. Good on Cub. Honestly, honestly, I know I don't say this a lot, but I would like to see Cub Swanson retire. I think that's what he should do because you could tell he even said it's getting harder and harder for me to do this. So you can tell that maybe the drive is still there, but he probably physically can't do it. And I know now he's managing fighters, so I think he should put his time and effort somewhere else but that's just my opinion guys like he doesn't have to do that i'm just saying i would like to see him retire vicente luque versus rafael dos años i mean rafael i do want to see him retire like vicente's top 10 yes vicente's still very young i didn't know he had a brain bleed did you guys know he had that i didn't know he had that that's why he took so long to come back but we're gonna look at the rankings right now for Khalil and Vicente but dude the prelims stole the show that night because the prelims everybody finished everybody on the prelims I believe the decisions came in only the main card with the first two fights and then we had the Khalil Roundtree fight he finished and then Cubs Swanson no there was another finish on the main card hold on let me check oh yeah Polly Allen and Viana she got finished but against Lazmin Lucendo so we'll see what happens I mean, these were some good fights, man. But again, they're Apex cards. I believe it's just that the UFC puts these together last minute. So we'll see what happens. Another thing I want to talk about is the rule change. But we're, before we get into that, we're going to go into the rankings. Khalil right now, he, he's number 11. He's above Dom Reyes. I mean, it, if you haven't fight up because the... I almost dropped my microphone. I have to stop doing that, man. Sorry about that, guys. I almost dropped the mic. The problem here is that Ryan Spann and Anthony Smith are going to rematch. So let's look at the top 10. You you could give him Volk and Ozdemir. I still don't know how that guy's top 10. Um, Nikita Krylov is open. Johnny Walker's not. I don't know how long it's going to take Alexander Rakic to come back. Again, I would like to see Alex and Jan throw again because that's where Alex got hurt. And I believe Alex was winning that fight. It's not Alex. It's Alec. And then I believe Alex Pereira will be the one to fight Yuri Prohaska. That still hasn't been announced, but I'm looking into that. But we'll see, man. We shall see. So for Khalil, I would pick a fight with Volkan Ozdemir. I believe that's the smart play there. Vicente Luque didn't move at all. And from what I've heard, they're going to do Steven Thompson and Mar Usman. Bola Muhammad is waiting for a title shot. I don't know if you would do him and Sean Brady or if you give him a rematch with Jeff Neal, but Jeff Neal beat the brakes off of Vicente Luque, bro. He beat the brakes off of him. Hold on, guys. Sorry, sorry about that. I have to go to the restroom. So let's continue. What was I? For Vicente, um, yeah, fight amongst the top. Now, there were some rule changes in the ABC meeting over this past weekend. So, we'll look into those. But, man, I'm really excited for this UFC 292 card. Originally, I believe... No, well, it, it stayed intact for the most part. The only thing that did bum me out is that Cody Garbrandt got hurt, so he will no longer be a part of the card. We're going to look into that as well. But let's look at these rule changes. Let's see, this is from Bloody Elbow. New rules for UFC fighters will completely change the game. UFC fighters who feel they've gotten the raw deal after being fouled or accidentally eye poke have gotten some relief from the rulemaker. The ABC made two new rules that will impact the UFC at their meeting 
last week. Eric McRackin reports that the Association of Boxing Commissions approved two major new rules and clarified a third that will definitely impact the action in the octagon. It's been a long-known problem in MMA fights that rules around accidental eye pokes and deliberate fouls alike disadvantage the wrong fighter. Finally, action is being taken. Fighters will have access to a cut man after being cut by a foul or accidental headbutt. Man, that is a game changer, you know? Because, like, think of the Jorge Masvidal. Well, no, well, that was... No, 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 that, that's wrong because that was just the doctor not wanting to let Nate continue. But not, there was no accident about that. George cut him legally, so never mind. Rule change one, the cut person could tend to a cut caused by a foul during a round as opposed to just in between the round. When a foul occurs, whether it's a clash of heads or whether it's an illegal strike of some kind, and a fighter has a cut, fighters will now have up to five minutes to recover from that cut. During that time, a cut person could come into the ring or cage and tend to the wound. They can't tend to anything else, but they could tend to the wound. Under the old rules, the fighters had to resume the fight, make it to the end of the round, and only then the cut person now they've changed that to say that the cut person could address it immediately to give a fighter a better chance of being able to continue. Fighters will have more time to recover from eye pokes before being examined by a doctor. The second rule covers eye pokes. Clarification of how referees and ringside positions should work together following an eye poke foul. The clarification will help ensure that some balance don't come to a premature end following a foul without giving a fighter adequate time to potentially recover. When an eye poke occurs, Timeout is called and the fighter has been given up to five minutes to recover. But there's also the new nuisance. There's also the new nuisance. First, the officials could give the poked fighter a cold compress and they could put it on their eye and give them some time to recover for a minute or 90 seconds. Then, should the ringside physician come in and if possible, the doctor shouldn't immediately shine a light in a fighter's eyes and ask them if they could see. Well, yeah, that makes sense, right? Because imagine, like, you're barely waiting. The closest thing I will ever come to this, because I hope never to get poked in the eye, but with the force that these guys are getting poked in, because they may just look like pokes, but there's force behind, like, some of those pokes, especially the ones that go into the eye. Watch out, John Jones. Um, I hope never to get poked with that type of force. Um, imagine getting, like, you're ready, like, oh, I can't see. So imagine getting a light shining in your eye that, that could make it even worse. Under the current rules, the answer is often no, they can't see right away, but then the fight is called instead. The new rules are designed to give a fighter some time to recover and give them a tool to recover. Then let the doctor take a quick look at things, but not immediately ask about vision. Let the fighter have most of that five minutes and then only then ask if their vision is obscured. And if it is, of course, the battle is over. But if it's not, they had a fair chance to recover. Now, this is the big one because I did hear this. The third rule approved codifies language on referees discretion on when to separate stalling fight position positioning fighters for a restart after a foul warning positions examiner or a point deduction intention a fighter should never be allowed to improve their position based on fouling when a fighter who is at a disadvantage position fouls and the referee must stop the action if it can be reasonably accomplished the fighter should return to the position after the time is taken for the warning position examination or point deduction when the fighter who is in the position of the disadvantage fouls and the referee must stop the action for a warning position examination or point deduction the fouling fighter should lose his position of advantage when the bout resumes. Yeah, I always thought that, bro. And it goes on to say, no, the terms advantage and disadvantage do not always equate with top or bottom. 
An example would be a fighter who is strategically whose strategy is to avoid the stand up, pull his guard, pull his opponent into his guard to increase the chances of getting a submission. If the top fighter fouls, it may be appropriate to return them to the grounded position. A fourth rule was discussed, but tabled for later discussion. The gist of the rule is a fighter should not get an advantage by having a foul, and a fighter shouldn't be disadvantaged by having a foul committed on them. Here's the procedural change number three, which is the stand-up fighters and or breaking them apart. Proposed language, standing up fighters from down positions and or breaking fighters while they're standing and pinned against the cage. The referee shall either stand up or break fighter when neither is either able to or fails to demonstrate real significance and or sustained effort to advance towards finishing the fight by any method. Simply maintaining what may be perceived as superior position will not be considered an effort to advance towards finishing the fight nor grounds for a guaranteed opportunity to maintain the position. By the proposed procedural change, inconsistent application of referee protocols concerning the stand-up fighters and break fighters from the cage. Okay, so now, um, people that just take them down and lay on top, like, Khabib and them, no, because, like, for example, this is what I think. Is what I, I think people say it's because of the Corey Sanhagen fight that happened two weeks ago. No, I don't think that's what it is. I think a lot of people are upset with what happened with Volk and the either the second or third round where Islam just had his back. But Islam didn't do anything with it. Like, you can't tell me that Volk wasn't the one causing more damage. And if they don't stand up that fight, you can't tell me that Volk, at the very least, probably wins that fight that not the fight the round and maybe the fight because i gave him the fourth round and the fifth round i mean again i gave bulk that fight because to me that he had the position right he had the position but he was just holding him there man like and then this um this will like again people have said that mma is geared towards wrestlers a lot but this rule change will change that because they're not just going to be able to stall. They're going to have to move and stuff. They're going to have to punch because, like, getting the takedown at this point, it's not going to be enough to win them the fight. But, yeah, the eye poke is cool, too, because, again, look at the Bobby Green, um, Tony Ferguson fight. Tony was doing good in that fight up until he got eye poked, and then it went downhill for him there. Like, was he doing things that I would advise against? Yes. Like, why aren't your hands higher, bro? Why are you letting yourself get hit like that? You know, but that's just me. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh, and there was Bellator this weekend. Let's look at that. I forgot to talk about that last weekend, too, huh? Logan Story defeated Brendan Ward. Valentin Modowski defeated Steve Murray. Aaron Jeffrey defeated Dalton Rosta. That was surprising because everybody's really high on Dalton Rosta, so that was surprising. James Gallagher defeated James Gonzalez. Sydney Allah defeated Islam Mamida. And Justin Kish won her as well. Enrique Barzola defeated Julian Bates. I mean, Enrique Barzola, that guy's good, man really good was he on the ultimate fight yeah he was ultimate fighter anime he was signed to a 10 fight contract how many other fights did he win yeah he was fighting for them ufc on fox really i didn't know all this so his first fight was um magni versus gastelum this is enrique barzola and then his second fight was maya versus condit he won his first fight he lost the second fight and then he won like four fights after that and then he lost on barboza versus gacy and then he won again and then he lost again so he only lost like three out of the 10 fights he gets so he like went he went 
seven, three, and one because one was a draw. No, he went seven. Let me see. So you lost on the Damian Maya one. So you go, you go six. If it's ten fight, you went seven and you went six and three because if one was there, yeah, I got it. You got it. Six and three and one. There's not a bad record for the UFC, man. And now he signed a Bellator. They probably offered him way more money. He's like, fuck yeah, bro. I don't care about the UFC brand. Give me that paper. And then Sydney Allah wins. Aaron Jeffrey won. And I, <laughs> poor Brennan. So, like, it was clear to me in, in the main event that Brennan Ward had the advantage on the feet. But Logan started with his wrestling credentials. Again, took advantage of where Brennan was probably not really, was not as good as him. So, he took him down. He mounted him and beat him down. But, like, you could clearly see that Brennan had the advantages on the, the stand-up portion. And then Logan, whenever he wanted, he would just take him down, you know. But we shall see, man. We shall see. Again, Bellator's in a crazy position because... So they have Bellator 299 and then Bellator 300, which I believe is their final card of the year. So Bellator 300, this is the current lineup. Liz Carmouche will defend her belt against Elima Le McFarlane. Usman Nurmagomedov will fight Brett Primus in the semifinals of the Grand Prix. Chris Cyborg will defend her belt against Kat Zingano and Ryan Bader will fight Linton Vassell. This is all going down on October 7th in San Diego. And apparently, like, I would look at this and be like, well, why are they stacking this card up so high? Honestly, I believe it's going to be the final card of the year because if they're going to stack it with so many champions, who are you going to put on the other card? Tell me. And then the rumors of of them leaving, like, that's another thing, right? Like, if they're really going to leave, like, there's, like, selling or partnering with pfl like because pfl is another one like they're having an event this weekend like i'm not gonna go into too much detail because i already did so if you didn't hear last week's episode go listen to that one let's be honest here pfl is positioning themselves as the number two organization in the world but if they leave espn like what are you doing bro and like One's another one, or I don't get enough. Um, I don't see promotion because I don't realize the cards are happening until the, almost the day of. Because you know how they're signed with Amazon? Like, I get it because I use my Fire Stick a lot for the streaming services. And then I get the promotion right there, and I'm like, dude, but I don't get, I don't see them on social media, you know? So I don't know, man. Like, I, and Chatri is forking up dough. And, like, Denver's going to be their new home because Denver allows them to use their rule set. So, you know, Denver will be um chaudry's home when he comes to the u.s so we'll see what happens there but that october 7th card is stacked i'll tell you that much for for bellator it's stacked and i know this is completely out of left field but dude san diego as a city i don't know is chula vista considered san diego or is that a different city let's look it up because i don't know i mean we're gonna get the answer right now but let's just say it's the same city san diego as a city is gonna make a lot of money that weekend because that same day avenge sample is gonna be in town okay let's say san diego county because it's like los angeles county like there's the actual city of los angeles and then other cities within los angeles but san diego as a county will make a lot of money that weekend because Think about it. People coming into hotels for both events. The hotel people make money. Uh, just the city as a whole makes money, bro. Crazy, 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 crazy. Okay. So yeah, going back to what I was saying. I hope if what I'm hearing and reading, I hope Bellator is not leaving ESPN because I believe that would be a mistake because ESPN should fight to keep PFL. I said Bellator, I meant PFL. Especially if all these other fighters are coming. You're getting 
80% of the best fighters out there with the UFC. The only ones you're not getting are the ones that, that are going to one because Amazon has them now. But if ESPN could keep PFL and PFL absorbs the majority of the Bellator fighters, ESPN's unstoppable when it comes to the MMA game. They're going to have at least between 80 to 90% of the best fighters in the world fighting on their platform. And I won't give up the notion that Disney could step in at any point and say, God, Dana, Ray, Peter, Hunter, let's make the big fight. Come on, we have to raise the prices for the, for the, <laughs> for ESPN+. Plus. Let's give the people what they want so they, they don't get upset at us. I mean, that's the way to do it, right? Let's look at what Sean, Sean O'Malley's saying some stuff. Let's see if I can go find him without the green. Look, look, Sean O'Malley. On oh, no, Jermaine Sling. I don't think he's as injured as he claims to be. I said I was going to be a star, that I was going to be a pay-per-view star, and that I was going to be a champion. Six years later, here we are. Forget the $100 side bet. Sean O'Malley plans to leave UFC 292 as the new Bantamweight champion. O'Malley challenges Aljamain starting for the belt in Saturday's main event, seeking to take his next step in his career ascent. I've been talking for a long time. Even back when I was on the Contender Series in 2017, says O'Malley. Said I was going to be a star, I was going to be a pay-per-view star, and that I was going to be world champion. Six years later, here we are. O'Malley also entered a side bet with starting for $100, with the winner being the one to land the first takedown of the fight. A former two-time NCAA Division Three All-American, O'Malley is eager to show people that he can grapple. I mean, his tallness is going to help him, but... I don't think Aljo's going to go in for the takedown. If anything, they're going to clinch and Aljo's going to try to jump on his back like a monkey. That's what I think is going to happen. Like, I don't think they're going to grapple like takedown. No, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Because I will tell you one thing. O'Malley's going to have the advantage on the feet. Like, his his stand-up is a lot more crisp than what Aljo shows. But Aljo has power. So, like, don't be surprised if he sneaks in there and, like, clocks O'Malley with a good hit. Like, that wouldn't surprise me. And then it goes on to say, I don't think it's going to be as easy for him to take me down as he thinks, says O'Malley. He's underestimating my speed. Again, O'Malley's fast. Like, for all the things that people don't like about Sean, Sean can fight, okay? He can fight. Um, I believe when they were had that Reebok deal and that green shirt came out that everybody, I had it. It's a good shirt, man. I believe that gave him a lot of hype. Or perhaps instead of a takedown, he's going to attempt a knockout blow instead. O'Malley has won his last four decisions, and though the 28-year-old continues to be underestimated, he believes the narrative will change once he gets a hold of the Bantamweight title. Okay, I'm going to tell you guys. The problem is that the way O'Malley handled the loss to Cheeto, that's when a lot of people started turning on him. You know what I mean? That's when people started turning on him because they didn't like that he was acting like he didn't get stopped, that his foot didn't get injured, and the d he, didn't, he got stopped. Again, your foot was injured, so you did what you had to do. You laid on your back. Did what he had to do, but he got stopped and he lost that fight. He doesn't like that. A lot of people, that's where they turned on him. O'Malley's last bout took place in October when he produced a significant upset by defeating Peter Yan by split decision. Going into that fight, 90% of the people thought I was going to lose, says O'Malley. I knew I was going to win. I was confident before the fight. I knew what I'm capable of. I considered Peter the best striker along with Corey in the Bantamweight division. Now I'm fighting the best grappler, so I'm making White the resume. He's not wrong. I Honestly, in my opinion, Peter beat him, but there's neither here nor there. O'Malley and Sanhagen share similar styles, but Sterling's powered through Sanhagen in only 88 seconds when they fought three years ago. Corey and I have similar styles, says O'Malley. That fight didn't play out long, so it's hard to compare with that fight, but I don't think 
You spot someone that hits like I do or has the length that I do. He's got a point. I'm telling you, the dude can fight. He can fight. Contrary to different opinions, including John Annex, O'Malley does not believe Sterling is going to enter the cage with any sort of debilitating injury. To be honest, I don't think anyone is 100% when they step into that cage octagon, says O'Malley. Fight camps are brutal. So no one is 100%. But I don't think he's as injured as he claims to be. He said how how injured he was before the Henry Cejudo fight and that he barely made it. So I don't know how injured he is compared to what he claims to be. It's a built-in excuse if he loses. I don't really put too much into it. None of it changes what I have to what I have to go out there and do. O'Malley is ready to begin his first UFC reign. Whether he can pry the belt away from Sterling or is an entirely different issue. But O'Malley is willing to make one 292 guarantee. My hair will look beautiful, says O'Malley. You're going to feel a buzz, so tune in. I mean, his hair is always the highlight of fight week. They call him the cotton candy. The guy with cotton candy hair. <laughs> so we shall see, man. It's going to be a good fight. But that's where I'll leave it. I'll try and do a video of... I want to know. I will do a video, but make sure you guys follow me on Twitter or X. I don't know what to call it at this point. So if you guys know, please let me know. Uh, and then on Instagram, so X official underscore P I T M. Instagram punch in the mouth official, and then follow punch in the mouth TV. Later, guys. Deuces.